Hey everyone, and welcome to the Relentless Youth Ministry Methods podcast. We chose the name Relentless because of its focus on a constant pursuit of first and foremost, our relationship with God, and second, the sacrifice it takes to see any ministry grow and be sustainable. When God gives us a vision, we must be relentless in our obedience and dedication to see it come to pass. Thank you for taking the time to stop by and check us out. We pray that you find something encouraging and helpful while you're here. And now it's time for this week's episode. Welcome everyone to the Relentless Youth Ministry Podcast. This is Ben Rodriguez and we're back. We took several weeks off. Um, We had a death in the family and some traveling um, that we had to do. And so it... um, prevented us from being able to to do this for some time but we're back and we're excited to to be with you again um, today we'll be we will be addressing our world's current predicament of the COVID-19 virus um, and specifically the response of the church when I was sitting down and beginning to think about what we were going to talk about today in relation to youth ministry as this is a youth ministry podcast um, begin to think about the fact and the reality that my wife and I when we were in youth leadership never had to um, lead in a situation like this, um, in a global situation like this. But um, I did feel something that was on my heart, laid on my heart in prayer that I wanted to to address uh, in relation to youth ministry. Um, as a youth pastor, I'm sure the, the question is, is, is being asked is, how is this going to affect us when we go back? How is this going to affect us when we go back? And I do believe that we, we will be going back. I do, and what I mean by going back is that we will be having Sunday services and Wednesday services, that we will be uh, meeting together again like we were before COVID-19. And the question um, to ask is how, where do we go from here? What should our response be when this is done when this is over. And I just want to mention too that the amazing response of the church um, through all of this, social media, online, online revivals, um, live streaming, it's definitely, definitely catapulted the media departments in our churches and our local assemblies to the forefront. And they've done such an amazing job. And I think the way the church has responded has been powerful. Um, it's definitely shown that you can't stop the church. You just can't. It doesn't matter um, what comes our way, uh, what obstacles can, can arrive. Since the beginning of time, since uh, going back to the, the, the ancient times, if you will, um, you can't stop the church. And, and this isn't persecution. I don't, I don't believe um, that that's what this is. But the things that we're dealing with that prevents us from being able to meet traditionally, it's being met with a innovative ideas, creative ideas, and with the church responding um, in a powerful way, recognizing that, hey, we have a great commission to fulfill, and nothing is going to stop us from fulfilling that. Uh, my sister and my brother-in-law, they um, youth pastor and lead in uh, their home church in West Virginia, and she was talking to me the other day about how they had their first Zoom meeting. In your first Zoom youth meeting, and I've seen that being utilized all across um, the organization. And I'm referring to the United Pentecostal Church, um, and other organizations across the church. And when I say the church, it's the Apostolic Church, made up of uh, you know a plethora of organizations. They have responded in such a impactful way. Um, but I do believe we will be back. We will be back. 
And we will be again meeting in those Sunday and Wednesday services. And so what I want to address today is what should our response be when this is all over and when this is done? Um, The other day I was praying and I was praying for my family. You know, this situation, I think, uh, if everyone's being honest, I think it causes some people to 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 question some things. And um, I, I definitely believe that if this should take all of us to prayer. Um, whether it's, Hey Lord, I need peace or Hey, I need answers, whatever it is. I I definitely think if this doesn't move you to prayer, um, there may be some greater barriers there, um, in, in your life and in no way, in no way, um, does that take away faith or having faith, but I definitely believe it moved a lot of people to prayer. And in that time of prayer that I was having, I was praying for my family. I was praying for, I have an 18 month um, year old daughter. Um, I have my beautiful wife, and I was praying for our family, you know, just direction, direction for our family. And in the midst of that prayer, um, and God does this a lot, I'll start praying for my family, and then it goes to, you know, my aunts and my uncles and um, extended family. And then it goes to, you know, my church and then my city and then my nation and then the world. And I think God does that a lot. You know, many times we'll, if we just begin to stay in that mode of prayer, he, he in that moment of prayer, in that moment of um, I must decrease and he must increase, our heart opens. Our, we, it causes the love of God to, to manifest itself in our life and in that time of prayer to such a degree that it begins to broaden the scope of what we're praying for. Um, and I think God does that many times in our, in our times of prayer. And so in this time of prayer, I felt the Lord speak to me something very, very clearly. And I felt him speak to me that this shall pass, but cling to me. This shall pass, but cling to me. And I want to focus on that word cling. Cling to God. I believe that should be our response when this is over. Wherever our walk with God was before all of this, let's go higher and stay there. You know, I I remember uh, seeing something about a pastor uh, talking about the the after effects of 9-11 and talking about how his church swelled for months after 9-11. And it shook our country, shook our nation. Um, Maybe not the world, but definitely shook our nation. And it it caused a lot of people to, to make a decision to say, hey, now's the time. It shook them. It moved them. Now's the time to make my calling and election sure. And, you know, and then he also mentioned as the months and the years went on, you know, they didn't retain those those numbers, um, the swelling numbers, because there were some people who got comfortable. There were some people who, who said, you know what? Yeah, that it was enough to move me in that moment, but it wasn't enough to keep me. And so when, when I feel the Lord is telling me, cling to me, I believe he's addressing that very issue. Um, I'll tell you my takeaway when I felt the Lord say, this shall pass, but cling to me. I believe he was saying, um, hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but this could be the final opportunity to move the world back to me. Um, Again, I bring up 9-11. That was the last major thing, I think, that really affected many of us uh, in the United States. Um, and I, I don't know if there'll ever be anything else like this, like the COVID-19 or 9-11 that is going to shake us to the core so much so that it causes us to, to reevaluate, hey, am I where I need to be? But that's how I interpreted this shall pass, but cling to me. 
cling definition. The definition of cling is to hold fast or adhere to something as by grasping, sticking, embracing, or entwining. Now, the definition is to remain close. And I love this. Resist separation. I want to read you some scriptures regarding holding fast to God because in the beginning of the first definition of cling, it says to hold fast. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who, for he who promised is faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21 says, But examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Deuteronomy 10 and 20 says, You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. So the, the, the question uh, that I asked initially was, what should our response be? Um, and this, this, is, this isn't just for youth ministry. This is for all of us as individuals, but definitely our ministry leaders. What should our response be? And it is to cling to God. Well, how do we do that? And I believe in these three passages of Scripture that it gave us the, the, the formula to cling to God. And the first thing is hold fast to the confession of our hope. Two is examine everything carefully. And three is fear God. How do we cling to God? Hold fast to the confession of our hope. Examine everything carefully and fear God. Starting with the first point, uh, I, the second part of that scripture uh, says that God is faithful. I'll read it to you again. Hebrews 10 and 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. His promises are faithful. Our hope, our living hope, is eternity with God. A place where there'll be no more crying, no more sorrow, but everlasting joy. I posted about this recently on Facebook. There was a song we used to sing in the church I grew up, and everybody will be happy over there. Those were the words. Uh, we will sing and shout. And uh, I can't remember the rest of the words, but everybody will be happy over there. And, and we know that is the promise and the hope that we have to look forward to. I, I've said this many times as well, and that is I, I can't sit here and tell anyone that they can't find hope in this world. You can find hope in this world. You can find hope in your job. You can find hope in, in your family. The difference between hope in this world and hope in Christ is one can be taken from you and the other can't. And Paul talks about that. goes even as far as to say is not even death can separate you from the living hope, the love of God. And, and this is the, the confession of our hope. Let us live in wisdom on this earth financially, yes, but we must remove our hope from earthly security and put it in without wavering our heavenly home. And I think this, this piece is so important because I think many times we have a tendency to focus on, hey, where's our 401k? Hey, where I need to provide for our family. These are all biblical things. These are all ethical things we need to put our, our time and our focus in. But I definitely believe that more than anything, more than anything, we need to put our complete faith in that eternal hope. And that is this world is not our home. At the end of the at the end of the day, above all else, that doesn't mean stop being a hard worker. That doesn't mean stop trying to do what you can to provide for your family at the highest level that you can. But above all else, I must be saved. My family must be saved. And above all else, I'm striving to make sure that we all hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that hope of eternity and of paradise. 
um, I think sometimes in these moments we can get so attached to the world, myself included, to where that's really when fear creeps in, when you don't want to lose those things that you have on this earth. But it's so convicting when God reminds us, hey, we're not living to stay here. I had a friend of mine say this, we're living to live again. I, lo- I love that, that quote, we're living to live again. So that was one, hold fast to the confession of our hope. Two, examine everything carefully. The second part of this scripture, and I'll read that to you again, it's 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21. It says, but examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Second part of the scripture, after it says examine everything carefully, says to hold fast that which is good. Now more than ever, we must be vigilant and watchful of people, things, and environments that we should not be allowing in our lives. Years ago in the apostolic world, this was easy. You were not allowed to do anything. I remember growing up. Um, you know, we, we didn't have TV. Uh, my parents didn't wear wedding rings. My church dad didn't wear uh, search past his elbow. Um, and I remember listening to my Green Bay Packer games on the radio. Uh, and, and, of course, the only time they would be on the radio is if they're prime time. Um, I remember, too, uh, there was uh, a lady in our church that had a beeper, and you could check scores on beepers. And I remember when they were playing the, the Broncos in the Super Bowl, um, I, I would lean up. She sat in front of us, and I would tap on her shoulder and ask her, you know, what what's the score? What what's the score now? Um, and and so you know, these were the things that that we resorted to um, because we grew up without a TV, and 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 we and we had those standards. But today, there has been some lax on what we call standards. Personally, I never had an issue with them. I have no disdain for them, and I understand where our apostolic fathers were coming from. A lot of standards may have been man-made and not totally necessary, but they saw where they could lead. And I want to focus on that, could lead, is the key phrase here. Uh, No, not every leader did themselves any favors by not practicing them themselves or making their family adhere to them. And yes, some could have become misguided and allowed standards to become a means to control. However, my point is this. We are entering a time where we must remove the focus on whether we are allowed to do something or not and remove the focus on how much can we remove without stepping out of the word of God. Now is the time to be urgently concerned with asking the question of, is it good? Is it morally right? Is it righteous? And beyond that, examine it. An examine means to inspect someone or something in detail to determine their nature or condition. Investigate thoroughly. Well, how do we examine? We examine in prayer. Now more than ever, we must hear what thus saith the Lord for our lives and our families. Then pray for the strength to be obedient to it. I remember a minister, a friend of mine, he was talking to me one day. And he said many times he would pray and say, God, give me the strength. Give me strength to do something. And finally he said the Lord spoke to him, convicted him, and said, you know, why would I give you more of your own strength? You know, if you needed, if if that was enough, you wouldn't need to be praying, right? And so he changed his prayer and said, Lord, give me your strength to do what you are calling me to do. And I want to encourage you to do that. That's something I begin to pray from from that point on, having that conversation with him, is Lord, give me your strength to be obedient to what you're asking me to do. When we examine things carefully, as the scripture has told us to do, we then can see past the facade and into what lies beneath 
And I believe that's what the apostolic fathers did. And, and I'm not encouraging you to become paranoid, and I don't think they were being paranoid. Uh, but, but I want to encourage you to consider all things more seriously by the leading of the Holy Ghost. And I believe that's what they were doing. I be, and, and, and I've said this many times. This has been a major topic of discussion regarding standards. Um, and and what, I, what I say many times is allow the holiness that God is working in you to manifest itself outwardly. But the point I'm getting at here, and the reason why I brought all that up, is this very simply. I wonder how much different our perspective would be of standards if we weren't so focused on, again, as I mentioned, how much, what's the least I can do, right? What's the least I can do? Uh, how much different would it be for us if we remove the focus off that and remove it on to examine everything carefully? Examine everything carefully. And follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. Do not shrug off a check in your spirit. Consult the Lord more on your decisions. And submit to His leading. And I believe that when we begin to do that, then we will begin to recognize what is good. And then we can hold fast to that which is good. We will recognize what is holy, what is righteous, what is morally right. And then we will hold fast to those things. The next point is fear God. Fear God. This part plays into what it means to examine everything. I think they go hand in hand. Because many times when we go back to the topic of, of standards or what have you, I've talked to many friends, many people who have um, in, in, in um, our circle, if you will, may have let down standards or what have you. And many, many times you would hear the response of, you know, I found freedom or, or, you know, I, I didn't really, I, I, I realized it wasn't as important as we were making it to be. And that may be the case, but it doesn't mean it's not important. And so hear me when I talk about examining everything, playing into the understanding of the fear of God. To fear God is to understand that he is faithful. I remember I would read the Old Testament and I'd read stories of God's judgment. Um, and for example, the story of the sons of Korah. Korah and how their rebellion caused the earth, God to open the earth and swallow them whole. And there's another story about fire falling from heaven and consuming rebellious people where they stood. And I, I remember reading that and I felt the Lord speak to me in the midst of, of this study and speak to me in the sense of God, the fear of God is a understanding that God is faithful to his word, whether that's in blessing or whether it's in judgment. Because, you know, we have to remind ourselves, God also provided food in the wilderness. He also had water, you know, come out of a rock. He split the Red Sea for the children of Israel. My point is this, is that the fear of God is an understanding that He is faithful. And I don't think sometimes when we think of the word fear, we think of the word faithfulness. But in other words, the fear of God is that hey, God is a man of his word, and what he says he is going to do, he will most definitely do. One translation says to reference God. Reference means to have a deep respect for. I, I want to challenge you right now. I want you to think of someone you have a deep respect for right now. I can tell you why you do and why I have a deep respect for people. Most often it is simply because they are who their life says they are. They're not fake. 
They're not different around certain people when it could be to their advantage to be. In other words, when God says there is hope in eternal life, believe it. And when he says there is hell for eternal punishment, believe it. This, I believe, should shake us, move us, and cause us to remove ourselves from any sin we may be in and cling to God. Do not misunderstand me today. Fear only moves us, but it cannot keep us. Only our love for him has staying power. However, the scripture does tell us, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh, Jude 22 and 23. Fear can move us, but a love for God and the things of God will cause us to cling to Him. Let us have a revival of the fear of God in our hearts and minds and allow it to lead us into wisdom and let that wisdom lead us into understanding. And I believe that wisdom that, the, that, that I'm referring to and that the Scripture refers to in Proverbs 9 and 10 when it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. When it's referring to wisdom, it's referring to the, to, to the realization that he truly is faithful in blessing and in judgment. Another translation of Proverbs 9 and 10 says, To be wise, you must first have reverence for the Lord. If you know the Holy One, you have understanding. You have understanding. And these, these are the three points that I believe that that God spoke to me personally, and I believe should be the response of us all um, after this after this passes by. This shall pass, but we must cling to God. And the ways that we cling to God is to hold fast to the confession of our hope, examine everything carefully, and fear God. I, I believe all three of these things put the focus back on an old song, um, and that song says, turning your eyes upon Jesus. Turning your eyes upon Jesus and, and look full into his wonderful face. Then the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And every time I, I heard that song, it, it created this, this uh, image for me of when you're looking up, your eyesight is so focused on what is above you. That you're not paying attention to the right and you're not paying attention to the left. And your focus is on where it needs to be. And you have this determination, if you will, to get where you're going. And I believe that's what, what all of these three points address. Is removing our focus off of what it's been on for too long. And putting it back onto what it should have been on all along. And I believe that's what it means to cling to God, to cling to God. And uh, I go back to, again, what I felt the Lord spoke to me. I think it was encouraging, but also convicting, because I do believe that if we fail to cling to God after this, that there won't be another opportunity to do so. And so I want to encourage everyone today to to take hope and encouragement in the fact that, hey, this is going to pass. But once it does, let's get to work like we've never gotten to work before. And let's pursue God like we've never pursued God before. And the promise that we have to hold on to is if we hold fast to him, he'll hold fast to us. And the promise that we have is that if we make our calling and election sure, that he is going to make a way for us. And there is an eternal hope that we can, that we can uh, put our trust in. 
and we can look forward to what the Lord has for us when this is all said and done. So thank you again for being a part of this Relentless Youth Ministry podcast. Um, We will try to get back uh, weekly. And again, we'll be focusing on um, youth ministry um, and uh, even even certain ministry topics, kind of like what we did today. So thank you again for listening. Thank you for being a part. And we'll talk to you later.